After a long night of driving, I'm back, and I got Biz with us. We talk about the Deacon Hill era as it begins. And Cooper DeGene, should we play him on offense today? Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon, that's Biz, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube while you're there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Biz, back at it after a week, and well, before we get into it, I was sadly not able to make my way to Iowa City over the weekend. A night game. Yeah, it's not Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State there. It was Michigan State and a down Michigan State team. But what was the environment like on Saturday night in Kinnick? I would say for most of the game, it was a frustrated environment. I think people were uh, more annoyed than than anything. I mean, mean, obviously any night game, it's always a good environment. But it wasn't, I mean, for three quarters, three and a half quarters, I think it was kind of a – uh, impending sense of doom almost and everybody was obviously mad at brian and, and frustrated with just you know obviously the mcnamara injury but then obviously the last four minutes it was about as as loud as it gets i mean that was i mean i don't think you can over oh, right, i mean the crowd probably helped them i mean won that game for them. yeah I mean, it really did because i mean michigan state really got flustered in that fourth quarter and and it reminded me of the Penn State game a couple of years ago when the moment we got the lead, I mean, there was no doubt the game was over. They weren't going to come back and score again. And then, you know, they had what, the th- three straight uh, false starts again. And it was just, but for most of the day, I would say environment was shaky. The end, the last five, five to 10 minutes of the game, it was rocking. So, and th- thanks to Cooper DeGene. Absolutely. And an incredible play there. So it wasn't pretty. You, but it doesn't matter what team it is. I mean, anybody bringing in a quarter backup quarterback, you're going to anticipate that things are going to be a little bit shaky. You lose your starter, and you know, Deacon Hill early on looked pretty solid. He was seven of twelve at one point. Now he finishes, I think it was what four of his last fifteen passes. So things went down. Um, Michigan State, I thought, did a really good job early on. We saw that bootleg action was working really well, getting him out of the pocket, moving and really bringing the full complement of the offense back. And I've talked about that a lot this week, Biz. But after that, their defensive end or the outside backer, they weren't biting inside and made it difficult for Deacon Hill. I mean, there was pressure in his face basically every time they tried to boot after probably about the middle of the third quarter. As you said, what wasn't pretty is probably going to have to be our uh, our team motto down the stretch here. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's going to be every game is going to be an absolute struggle the rest of the way. I mean, it, I know the the drive for three twenty five is is a popular thing to talk about, and, and everybody loves to to make fun of it. But at this point, with everything that's happened, shit, if we get to three hundred twenty five points, they should throw a parade in Brian's honor right. at the end of the year. I mean, we're not getting to three twenty five. I mean, they're they're going to have to just you know, we're, we're, our offense is basically stuck together with uh, you know, duct tape and glue at this point. And, you know, Deacon Hill, he's a fun story. And I hope, you know, he, he can, can keep it up. But 
you know, I'm not optimistic. He's gonna. No. I mean, you, you look at his uh, background. It, it's have you looked looked into him at all? It's a pretty crazy background. I mean, he's, he's a very interesting guy. He's probably the most uh, unique Iowa quarterback we've ever had. I mean, you go back through. I mean, he, he's of Polynesian descent. He's Mormon. Um, things that generally don't uh, you, know, you know don't usually get Iowa quarterbacks that are either of those. You know, he he uh, grew up playing water polo of all things. His, his older sister is an Olympic champion water ball, water polo 2016. It tells you how much they uh, you know, love water polo in his family. And he basically hasn't played at all yeah. in three years. I mean, his, his last year of high school was wiped out due to COVID because California wasn't playing football. And then he went to Wisconsin and didn't play. And, and, and now he's here. And I mean, he's thrown, I mean, I give him credit. I thought he came in and played. Given the circumstance, I thought he did fine last week. And, yeah. you know, it'll, be, it'll be a hell of a story if he ends out uh, running with it and, and doing well the next two months. But uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly optimistic at this point. Uh, if if he does, awesome. But uh, I'll go into each week uh, just hoping for the best. Because I mean, we're we are. Uh, <laughs> offense was going to be shaky to begin with, but given all the injuries, mm-hmm. it'll be a, it'll be a miracle if we can get to 25 points in the games now. You know, Biz, uh, I mentioned a, a bit ago that at least we get to see the full complement of the offense. I, I keep bringing up this example. It was the Iowa State game. And Cade McNamara early on dealing with that quad injury. I mean, just how limited he was just playing under center. There was an outside zone play. They didn't run many of them, but there was one against Iowa State where you could see him just laboring, getting out from under center. And then it was an outside zone. You have to basically run out there. And he barely handed the ball off. He almost had to, like, pitch it to get it out there on an outside zone play. Now with Deacon Hill, they weren't running bootlegs or, or if they were, they were so rare. Now that full compliments back Look, the Brian Ferentz offensive system and what they're doing schematically is broken. I, I think everybody can see that and, and there needs to be a major change, but it is what it is right now. They're not going to change their philosophy mid season. It's just not going to happen with the full compliment, the ability to waggle and to bootleg and to kind of do all the things that we're used to with Iowa football with Deacon Hill back there, I, I see it as a positive because the Cade McNamara that we saw through the first four games, that was not the Cade McNamara we thought we were getting last December. Well, I mean, Hill can't be any worse than what that McNamara was those last couple of games. I mean, I, I thought he played fine the first two games, but against Western Michigan and against Penn State, he was bad. I mean, yeah. And part of that probably, I think, due to health, but also he just wasn't, he was kind of gun shy. And, you know, I'm not, I hope Cade McNamara gets healthy. I hope he comes back next year, and I hope he has, you know, he comes back and plays well. But he was not a good quarterback that that those two games. So, you know, it, it's again, I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. These next seven weeks, every game is going to be an absolute grind. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, there's not a single game in our schedule, and this is Iowa football to a team. There's not a single game in our schedule we can't win, and there's certainly not a single game on the schedule down the stretch we can't lose either. And that's fully true that now i mean because we don't know deacon hill like i said might be a fabulous story and if he is uh you know the legend of deacon hill begins this week i guess but but you know given given his lack of experience and the fact that he was slated to be playing for fordham right. you can't you can't really you know your expectations for him have to start low but uh having said that trent we need we need a nickname for him you know big, big guy like that what, what, what's well the i like bait I like Bacon Hill. I, I think it works. Instead of Deacon, you go with Bacon. 
Yeah. So I, I was thinking that they probably can't play this because uh, it's probably frowned on to play R. Kelly songs at, uh, <laughs> at Kinnick, but, but Freakin' Deacon is great. You, know, yes. you just get uh, remixed to Ignition playing uh, on there every time he does something well. But uh, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, if our Kelly catalog got now kicked out of Kinnick and Carter. Yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's probably that. And he probably doesn't. You know, he seems like a really nice kid. So maybe he yeah. doesn't want to be associated with R. Kelly. Probably. Either, so. Yeah, there, there's a few negative connotations that, that come along with uh, you know, with freaking that. De- freaking Deacon can be good because when, when he makes a mistake, you can be, God, freaking De- you know, it can be yeah. in a negative way or in a positive way also. It can go both ways. So. I like it. Well, we'll go with it. We'll roll with it here, at least here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Freaking Deacon. And, uh, you know, Caleb Johnson looks like he might be able to play. Uh, Jazzy on Patterson still another week away, away from the passing game. And what we've talked about a lot there, I just – I don't know. The, the run game, they've tried different things. We've seen more jet motion. We have seen them use counters, more ISO, a lot of instead of just inside, outside zone, doing different things, and it just doesn't work. Is it our offensive line? They just stink. They're just not good players. I mean, is it as simple as that? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it really is. I mean, I think you, you and I have been probably the most cons- – I mean, that's one thing you and I have taken consistent on over the years is how frustrated both of us are with the offensive line the last five years. I mean, they just yeah. haven't been, they haven't been consistently good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have their moments? You know, obviously we, we look good against Western Michigan, but that's Western Michigan. Right. Um, I mean, they're just consistently a below average. Offensive line. But I'll, I'll give them credit. Their pass protection has been very good this year. Yeah. And I think it they need to lean been. into that and they need to become a pass first team. Um, they're just not going to grind it out, running the ball on people. It's going to have to be kind of working backwards. And so, but yes, I mean the simple answer to your question, Trent, is we're just not a good run blocking team, and we haven't been for a long time, and that's depressing. As not you know, as a team that likes to fashion themselves as the bullies of the Big Ten, we have not been that for a long, long time, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I always bring up 2019. You got three high level NFL players, two NFL tackles, and Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs. So you have Tyler Litterbaum already when he's healthy, one of the best centers in the NFL. And they still couldn't run the football that year consistently because the guard play was so bad. And scheme is a part of it, but I, I think it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And that's a big part of this one, too. And, and it becomes frustrating. Well, we do still have a defense, including a guy we mentioned a little bit earlier, Cooper DeGene. Is it time to move Cooper and play some snaps on offense? We'll get into that as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leveled up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Trent and Biz back with you once again here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Biz, 
Cooper DeGene. He's a shiny object. We know what a playmaker he is with the ball in his hands. We see the punt return. We've seen him in the interception returns. We know that he can make plays. His high school film is incredible. So I'm playing quarterback for Odebelt Arthur, Battle Creek guy to grow back in the day. Iowa, getting the ball in his hands. Now, we've gone down this path before. I remember there was a year where they were really struggling at receiver. Desmond King was brought up. He said, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to be out there. And, of course, it didn't happen. I think Cooper DeGene is a different kind of athlete, even than a Desmond King. So just start right there. I mean, the likelihood, and, and that's where I kind of start the conversation. It's Kirk Ferentz. The likelihood that we see this feels really, really slim. Yeah, I mean, there's two different questions here. Should he play offense and will he play offense? The answer yeah. to the first one is yes, and the answer to the second one is no. I mean, he should. I mean, he should be playing some snaps on offense. I, I don't think he should be doing what Travis Hunter was doing and playing 100, you know, 125 snaps a game. But right. Could he be in on some – unique packages, run a jet sweep, run, you know, run something with him just, or even just use him as a decoy for yeah. 10, 15 plays a game. Absolutely. Um, will he? No, he won't. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we, as Iowa fans, we should know better than even talk about this at this point. I mean, I know it, it gets brought up and it's, it's asked at the press conference and everything. And so you kind of have to talk about it, but, you know, it's just a waste of waste of energy at this point. I hope I'm wrong. Last last yeah. week, I was uh, I wouldn't say critical, but I commented that through, through four games, Cooper hadn't done much, and uh, clear, clearly, uh, you clearly called him out the punt return against Penn State. Yeah, clearly, he listened, Trent, because uh, yes. you know, he seems to be he seems to be the vindictive type kid. You know, he's very uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So so hopefully, maybe uh, reverse, reverse jinx two weeks in a row. We'll. Uh, Last week I said he hadn't done much, and then he uh, obviously uh, carries us to victory. And this week I'm saying there's no chance in hell he's playing offense. And so there you go. I'm, let's hope the reverse jinx is in. Yes, I like that. And I, I think you're exactly right. And just imagine the buzz, though, if he trots out there, second possession of the game, you know, trots out there and just lines up. I mean, just just something to get the juice going and, and how Purdue would probably react. I mean, they who know who number three is. Uh, they, he's an All-American. They know who he is. And. All of a sudden, all right, what are we going to do? What are we going to change? And you said 10, 15 plays. I don't even know if it needs to be that. I mean, five plays, just just something. And throw him a wide receiver screen. Get him involved. Just get the ball in his hands, a jet sweep, whatever it is, because he's dynamic. And I would love to see it. I think all Hawkeye fans would love to see it. Will we see it? You're exactly right. We won't. So what will we see? What's a realistic view of this football team going forward? Earlier in the week, I talked about the floor has lowered a lot more. And we came into the season believing what the floor was seven and five, maybe even eight and four with this football team because of the schedule and, and what they had and what they were going to be good defensively elite special teams. And that still looked to be the case before the injury. Now I lower that floor a lot more, even with four wins already in the bag. We just don't know what Deacon Hill and with the offensive struggles and all these games being coin flips. There are times that those coin flips just land tails and you're on the losing end more times than not very well could happen this year. How do you see it, Biz? Yeah. I mean, you still, the key thing is still the schedule. God, you look at that. I mean, we still should win every game at Kinnick. I mean, the, the home schedule is very, very easy still. And the game at Wrigley's going to be basically a home game. That place is going to be 80% Iowa fans. So yeah. you scratch out those five victories that's nine and three at worst. I mean, we really only have two road games left. Wisconsin, which, I mean, I, I think you can put that in the loss column at this point. I mean, us beating Wisconsin with all the things we got going on right now, I think it's pretty low. And then Nebraska at the end of the year, you, you obviously, you never know. 
but I still think this team can scrape its way to nine. And if they do, that's a hell of a year. I mean, given, given the circumstances, nine, nine and three would be awful impressive, but you know, like you said, the floor right now, hell, I mean, you never know. We might go lose by you know, two touchdowns this week. And then, then, then the, then the discussion becomes, can they scrape it to a bowl game? You're right. I mean, yeah. Cause that, I mean, but, but I don't know. I mean, again, we've talked about it in the past. I, I always, you can be critical of our coaching staff in many ways, but they, uh, they find a way they uh those coin flip games we win more we win more coin flips than we lose them and uh, we're gonna have to down the stretch so you know i think eight and four nine and three is probably the uh the goal at this point i think that's probably realistic and it's frustrating because of the build-up this year you know i bought in i'm not normally an optimistic fan and and i thought this team really had a chance to be special it hasn't happened. The offense has just not clicked the way that I thought they were going to. The offensive line has been a huge disappointment and just the scheme. And I guess I should have come back to the scheme more than I did, well, certainly during the, the preview of the summer. And, and I think the, the other thing of that is the defense just isn't nearly as good as it was last year. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, and that the fact of the matter is if you look at that, you take an objective look at our, our defense. I mean, Kayvon Merriweather was a you know four, four or five-year guy. And now you got Wampa back there, and, and he's struggled some this year. I, I still think he's going to be a really good football player, but he's he's a young guy. And you know the linebackers, you know Jay Higgins has, has played well, but he's not Jack Campbell. Yeah. And Nick Nick Jackson has had his struggles, and and he's not Seth Benson. Mm-hmm. And then you know Noah Shannon, you know was supposed to come back, and he's not back. And, and the young guys in the middle have been good, but they're young as well. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of there's been we lost th- those guys right there. I mean, Merriweather, Benson, Campbell, Shannon, that's literally the middle of your defense. And that had, you know, combined 20 years experience between those four. And now you got guys in those same situations that are all in their second or third year. And it, and it's, and it shows, I mean, they're, are they, we're not giving up huge plays, but I mean, the amount of the last two weeks, the amount of times we've given up three, four, five yard rushes on repeat is, is pretty concerning. I mean, at some point, the defense just has to wear down a little bit too. So I mean, that's yeah. that to me is probably the. I mean, the offense is what it is. It's not good, but you know, last year we could count on the defense literally holding people to, you know, seven points or less every week. This week, yeah. this year, I mean, realistically, the defense is going to give up seventeen to twenty-one every week. So we've got to find a way to to get to to twenty or above. And you know, I'm not sure anybody has confidence that's going to happen. But on the flip side, who knows? Maybe Deacon Hill is. Freaking Deacon Trent, he could uh, he could be the uh, the next coming of a uh, you know Chuck Long. So let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah, and you know the defense. And, and when I brought this up, some people react like, "Oh, they've only given up X amount of points here, and look what they've done." And and I get that, but it's just not at the elite level. It's still good. It's well, still a good defense. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in any way trying to be critical. Of yeah, defense. it's not and, last year's defense. Last year's defense right. was a once in a generation defense, and this and year I think, this year's yeah, defense gotta, is good. Good. <laughs> Solid. It's a good B, maybe even B plus, but we had an A plus last year. And and that's a step down. It's not to say that this is a bad defense. It's not what we're saying, but it's not at that elite level. And because of that, a lot of those things that you're kind of left with, you mentioned those three, four, five yard plays, but there's also those 12, 15 yard plays. I mean, that was such a rarity last year. And a couple of times Michigan State would get the edge. And instead of them normally being, that'd be a five yard play against last year's defense is a 15 yard play against this year's defense and those little things and those kind of hidden yards that, all right, they got a positive play, but it's not a positive play for five. It's 15. That's impactful for this Iowa defense. You know, the defensive line, I think has been a huge disappointment. 
And even with Noah and Shannon out there, just have not generated the pass rush that I think we were inspecting this year. Xavier Wampa, uh, last game against Michigan State, he was coming off the field uh, when they went away from cash and they went to the traditional 4-3. I thought he played well. I thought that was his best game in a Hawkeye uniform last week. I thought he was really good, but his snaps have gone back because he hasn't been quite as impactful out there. Uh, Quinn Schulte's been fine, but hasn't elevated, I don't think, this year. And it's just, you kind of go through all those guys. And I thought Aaron Graves was going to come in here and be a difference maker. He's not. He's fine right now. He's just fine. And and that's where we are. But the good news is, one other thing, special teams, it, we love Tory Taylor. We love punters here on the podcast. But Drew Stevens. That field goal that he hit from 53, like a third of the way up the net, and he said on Tuesday, yeah, I didn't hit that one very well. I mean, that dude is an absolute stud at the kicker position. Well, he's and kickoffs, he's a machine. I mean, yeah. I can't yeah. remember the last time. The only time they ever return kicks is if occasionally we intentionally leave it short just so we can, you know, like in Western Michigan a couple of times we kind of pooch kick and let him return it so our return team gets a, uh, gets to try it out. But yeah, he is – you know, that's the one thing we've taken for granted for so long in Iowa football is, you know, I can't remember the last time we had a bad kicker. I mean, it's it, we've just it's been consistently really good kickers, and hopefully he's here for another two and a half years. So, yeah. Well, it is time once again to make our picks. We will talk a little bit about the Iowa game against the spread and our lock of the week, including Biz, who is four and zero this season, and I'm right behind you. I got another winner last week with Oregon State. You were on Georgia Southern, so. I'm three and one. You're four and zero. Oh. I think it only took us what six years. We finally figured out only pick one game. That's the best way we're going, at least at this point, right? Yeah, just pick one and hope to get lucky. And so far, so far <laughs> we've been lucky. So uh, I'm sure the luck will run out at some point, but uh, yeah. let, let, we'll we'll ride it while we can, Trent. So yeah. we'll do that as we continue here. Our locks of the week coming up next, presented by FanDuel on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Biz, back one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, and let's get into it. It is our lock of the week, just one game. Also talk about the Iowa game against the number. I will get to that in a moment, but the T-Box remain yours because you haven't missed one all season long. 4-0 on the season of your locks. What do you got for us this week? People that have been crazy enough to listen to us for, for years know that we have a diehard listener named Arkansas Alley who uh, would be – would. Never forgive me if I didn't. I didn't pick the Razorbacks at some point during the year, and so uh, I've always been. I'm a big fan of, of Sam Pittman. I think uh, he gets the most out of his teams. They're uh, struggling right now, and people are really down on Arkansas. They got to go to Old Miss this week, and, and uh, everybody's high on, on Old Miss after their crazy win last week. But uh, the one thing you can usually count on for Lane Kiffin is that uh, whenever you think things are going well for them, they usually find a way to. You know, Ole Miss usually finds a way to blow it whenever you're you're high on them. And, and so perfect, perfect week here. Arkansas is going to Ole Miss. Nobody's uh, nobody expects Arkansas to do well. So uh, give me Arkansas plus 11 and a half, Trent. Uh, I don't know if they'll beat Ole Miss, but they will they will keep it close and make it a four quarter game. So uh, woo pig suey uh, plus 11 and a half. Arkansas, like that one, and I think I'm going to be jumping aboard with you this week. I love the angle that you talked about there. Kind of a letdown spot. I'll be jumping aboard, and we'll make that one a family play. For me this week, uh, we're still waiting. So Kansas last week, I loved them. I had them locked in. It was one of my numbers against Texas right away that I locked in, plus 16 and a half. 
And then right before the game, we found out, oh, Jalen Daniels isn't going to play. Well, that sucked because I was in a spot where I could at least buy out of it. And we took the L there. But Kansas hung around, even with being at the quarterback position. Now, it sounds like Daniels is going to be good to go. Central Florida, just a devastating loss last week. You wonder kind of what their bounce back factor is going to be after blowing that game against Baylor a week ago. I think the Jayhawks are the right side, and I don't think it matters if it's Daniel or being here. I just think they're a better football team at home. Give me Kansas laying the one against the Golden Knights. Kansas, Central Florida. That's a, a, I don't know a, how much I watch. A classic Big 12 matchup. <laughs> well, as uh, we look at the Iowa game, this is one that I am uh, really excited. So I get an opportunity every week to talk to a line maker out at Circa in Vegas and uh, Mike Palm. And I want to know, we know that every quarterback, there is kind of a point spread that goes along with it. My power numbers, I made the difference for Iowa three and a half points between Deacon Hill and, and the Cade McNamara that we've seen this year. I think it's a lot more impactful because every power number system that I saw coming into last week had Iowa about a seven point favorite in this game against Purdue. It's down to what, two? A couple of spots. I think I saw one and a half that popped at one point. I would just a slight favorite. Remember, Kinnick Stadium is a four and a half or a five point home field advantage too. different than the NFL, where it's usually three across the board. Not the case in college. And Kinnick's one of the best home field advantages out there. I'm really surprised by this one. I, I laid it with Iowa right away. Just I, I want to see, though, what the Lions makers, how how big of a gap they have between Deacon Hill and Cade McNamara. Yeah, I mean, this to me feels like a Vegas knows spread i mean it feels yeah. like they're they're begging you to bet iowa with such a low number i think your your random your random better would look at it like oh a four and one iowa versus a two and three purdue at iowa of course Iowa's going to win by by two and a half but uh yeah this this line scares me i think it, it shows me that vegas feels pretty confident that purdue's going to win this game but because uh, they're, they're they're trying to get some money on iowa and they're, they're struggling so they keep having to lower it more and more so i don't know i i i, I Anybody that bets this game with any confidence, I think, is nuts just because what we talked about at the beginning. We have no clue what Deacon Hill is like. I mean, Deacon Hill could he could come out, throw for 300 yards, and like I said, the legend of, of the freaking Deacon begins. <laughs> well, oh, let's slow down to 300, maybe 200. Christ, yards. He could, or, or he could come out and go Four 11 picks. to 27 again, but this time with three picks. I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't appear to be the game manager that uh, you know. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna take some shots and mm-hmm. and. They may work. They may not work. If, if they work, uh, then we're, t- like I said, we talked about the legend beginning. If they don't work, uh, then get ready, Joey Labus, I guess. But yeah, because he will be a game manager. So, but I don't know. I, I have no clue. I really don't. I mean, I, I, good luck guessing right now on the Hawks. But honestly, Trent, my, my whole thing is I'm just going to go and enjoy it. Like, yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of bitching about Iowa. I'm tired of bitching about the drive for 325. And, and now that, uh, now that McNamara is hurt, the expectations are low. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, gonna go to Kinnick and enjoy it, and hope uh, hope for the best. Hope, hope that there's a good story with with Deacon Hill, but uh, certainly not expecting it. Let's put it that way. So uh, my answer to your question is, Trent, I got no idea on this one. <laughs> Over under, stay, uh, stay away from it. Is basically yes, yeah. Over under sitting at 30 half, uh, 38 and a half right now at FanDuel, a little bit higher than we're usually used to. Both Iowa over unders. Well, that'll do it for this week here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And Biz joining me. We'll be back tomorrow. LaShawn Daniels is going to stop by, former Hawkeye running back, and we'll break things down with his perspective coming up on the Friday preview show. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Biz, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, go Hawks.